Good morning, everybody, and a very happy Friday morning to everyone. It is Friday the 13th, Friday, October 13th, 2017. It's Mike Lyon coming to you with the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. Uh, I'm weird on the Friday the 13th, just a heads up. I actually love the 13th. It's a lucky number for me. If that makes you weirded out, I guess I don't blame you really, but uh, I got married on the 13th and my son was born on the 13th, so the 13th is actually actually a very lucky number for me, so I, I get kind of excited for Friday the 13th now. Uh, but if that makes you weird, I don't blame you. I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, hope it is a great Friday wherever you are. You got a nice little chill in the air in the Northeast. It's finally starting to feel like fall, although it's going to warm up a little bit this weekend too. Uh, not too much. Then it's going to get cool again uh, at the beginning of next week. So we're finally starting to feel like fall. And when it starts to feel like fall, you know you're really getting into Patriots season. And it is Friday, and it is time once again for a Patriots preview Friday. The three and two New England Patriots are traveling to a place where they go every year to face an exceedingly familiar opponent, the rival New York Jets, in their first AFC East divisional game of the season. The Jets are potentially the biggest surprise in the NFL so far. They also come into the game with a record of 3-2. and two. The wins have not been extremely impressive, but as Bill Parcells would always say, and, you know, of course, fans of both teams know Parcells very well. You are what your record says you are. And the Jets are 3-2. and two. The winner of this game will have at least a share of the AFC East lead uh, after the game is over. Uh, depending on what the Bills do on Sunday, they could have the lead outright. And uh, so it's the, the Patriots, the Jets, and the Bills all tied at the top of the division right now at 3-2. and two. So... Coming into the game, you know what the Patriots have been. They've been a very, very good team on offense. Have sputtered in spots without Julian Edelman, but really haven't missed too much of a beat. They are getting incredibly good quarterback play from Tom Brady. They are getting production from guys like Danny Amendola, who have stepped up. Uh, Gronk, when he's been healthy, has been quite good, although he wasn't healthy last week. Uh, but uh, they're getting good production out of the running backs in the past game when they get involved. Uh, Brandon Cooks has been a godsend. Uh, he hasn't really, he doesn't have the stats to wow you yet, but he's been a, a godsend in stretching the field. You know what you're getting on offense out of the Patriots. They've had trouble protecting the quarterback, that's for certain. Brady actually missed a practice this week. Uh, defensively, you know it's been a struggle. It's been more than a struggle. The last effort, you know, last week's effort against Tampa Bay was a much better effort. Still not perfect in any way, shape, or form but a better effort, and they're going to go against a Jets team. Well, first of all, before we get there, let's talk about historically what this matchup means, and I'm going to caution Patriots fans at the outset. I said it a couple days ago. I'm going to say it again now because it bears repeating. This is never, ever an easy game for the Patriots, not in recent years anyway. It is almost never an easy game. The last, I think, five or six games before the butt fumble or after the butt fumble happened. Uh, when the Patriots go see the Jets, I think they've all been within 10 points, if not one possession games, uh, whether the Patriots have won or the Jets have won. It is always, always a struggle, and I don't know if it's because the Jets always get up for the Patriots. I don't know if it's because the Patriots just struggle in, in a really loud environment. It's a big rivalry game for the fans. It is always, always a struggle. The Jets usually bring a pretty good defensive team. They will again on Sunday. 
Uh, but it, it always ends up, even last year when the Patriots were really, really good and, and, and significantly better than the rest of the AFC, that game in New York came down to one came down to a final possession. They only won the game by five points, 22 to 17. They've won 17 to 16 in New York. The Jets have beaten them in overtime uh, in, in different years. I mean, the, these games are always, always, always close. So if you are betting this game, and I wouldn't wouldn't really recommend doing that, I suppose. But if you're betting this game, I, I would have a hard time taking the Patriots in the points uh, to, to, to end up winning this. It's just it, it never comes down to that. I think the Patriots are a nine-point favorite on the road this weekend, which seems like an awful lot of points to lay to me. But uh, it is always a close game. I'm expecting it to be a close game again. I don't think the Patriots are going to steamroll them. So if you look at what the, the Jets bring to the table offensively, that was the, the area where people really thought they were going to struggle this year. They didn't know. Everybody thought, you know, where are the playmakers coming from? Who's quarterbacking the team? The guy that they settled on at quarterback is Josh McCown, who is, at least for this season anyway, a journeyman, has been mildly successful in different places, has never had sustained success in the NFL, he was in Chicago, Tampa Bay, bounced around a little bit, maybe New Orleans. I, I don't remember exactly all the places Josh McCown has been. Cleveland for certain last season. Uh, he's been a lot of places. Again, he, he's had some very kind of individual successes here and there. He's not a guy that you're ever going to ride with over the long stretch. And, and the Jets did not bring him in thinking he was the long-term answer at quarterback. He has played fairly competently for them. He has done a fairly good job taking care of the ball. Again, he doesn't have a ton of weapons to work with. We'll work through that. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll kind of work through that. Um, but he hasn't been bad. He hasn't killed them. I mean, you don't get to three and two and just just you know kind of be a terrible quarterback on offense. He has not killed the Jets. And again, he's he has the benefit on Sunday of playing in his home stadium in front of his home fans. So he he's not going to have the the, the kind of loud environment. That, uh, that that he might otherwise face on the road. So Josh McCown is the quarterback. Again, he, he, he he's not so different from Ryan Fitzpatrick, who we've seen in a Jets uniform the past couple of years uh, in, in terms of his, his acumen. I mean, he's been all over the league. He's made a bunch of stops here and there. Um, he's But he's, he's a competent veteran quarterback. He's never going to blow your socks off. He's not going to carry a team to victory by himself. He's not going to win a shootout against Tom Brady. But he is competent enough if he doesn't turn the ball over, then he's okay enough. You can win a game with Josh McCown here and there. And you can win this game if you're the Jets with Josh McCown if he doesn't turn the ball over. And he's done a fairly good job of that so far. The perceived strength of the Jets team is at running back. They've got two good ones. Although Matt Forte, I mean, Matt Forte is, is technically the lead back. Uh, he's starting to show his age. He, he's, he's, you know, he took a pounding in Chicago when he was there. He is not running, he's not running behind a particularly, particularly great offensive line. Uh, so he's, he's starting to show signs of decline. Bilal Powell, on the other hand, is a guy who has really been a pretty productive NFL running back for the Jets. A more of a bruiser. Not as big, you know, not as as much of a threat to catch the ball as Forte is. They bring him in, you know, he, he can run. I mean, he, he he's he's not a 
Garrett Blunt type of bruiser. He's, he's faster than that, but uh, he's had a you know he, he's had success, and he's had success against the Patriots too. The Patriots have had trouble stopping him before, so that's kind of the two-headed monster in the backfield for the Jets. They'll rotate other guys in and out, but they, they get good production generally out of those running backs if, if the offensive line holds up. The receiving core is where and probably why people thought this team was really going to struggle, but they've had a fairly productive year out of Jermaine Curse. Jermaine Curse was a free agent. He, you know, Patriots fans will remember him in Seattle for making what was thought at the time to be a miraculous catch that was going to propel Seattle to a second Super Bowl in a row until Malcolm Butler's uh, interception saved the day. It was Curse who made that, that, that catch down the sideline in that game. Um, but he's been okay with the Jets. He's got some touchdowns. He's, he's been a veteran. He's kind of the big target over there for McCown. He plays opposite uh, a lot of different guys. Robbie Anderson is, is a wide receiver. They thought they were going to have Quincy Nunwa as their number two wide receiver. He got hurt in training camp and is going to miss the season. Robbie Anderson has been is kind of at the depth chart as, as the number two option over there. In the slot, they have a guy who's really hurt the Patriots before in Jermaine Curley. He's a guy who uh, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and even Geno Smith before him found a lot running routes, and, and the Patriots have struggled to cover him before. So uh, he's there. Tight end Austin Safarian Jenkins, a cast off from Tampa Bay, hasn't been what people thought he was going to be in the NFL. Not a terrible pass catching tight end, but not the threat of, of Gronkowski or some of the other echelon guys. I think the, the, the big key for the Patriots in this game is to stop the run. If, if, if the Patriots stop, can, can, can stop the run, consistently hold them to two or three yards of carry versus four or five yards of carry, they're going to win this game. The The Jets, I, I don't think, they, you know, and I've said, I know I've said this before about other teams, but the Jets, I don't believe, have the same level of firepower that can match the Patriots. If, if they become one-dimensional, even against the Patriots secondary, I think this game, at least from a, a defensive standpoint for the Patriots, could look, could look a lot like the Tampa Bay game where they sit back in zone, you know, they, they, do enough, they do a good enough job against the run to neutralize that threat. They sit back in zone and, you know, pick their spots and, and try to make Josh McCown beat them. And if they do that, I, I think this game could look a lot like the Tampa Bay game. And, and the scheme could look a lot like the Tampa Bay game where, you know, Matt Patricia was content to rush four, was content to drop a bunch of guys into coverage. Uh, they're going to have to watch Forte. They're going to have to do a good job checking him out of the backfield because he can catch the ball and run with it. But I don't think, and again, knock on wood, if they stop the run and force the Jets to be one-dimensional, they can't hold up in a game against Tom Brady. So that's key number one for me is, you know, take care of Bilal Powell, make the Jets a one-dimensional passing team. That, I think, is going to be... That, that's going to lead to victory because, like I said, I, I don't think the Jets are, are built to keep up with Tom Brady on offense. This is also a game, if they do that, where I think Trey Flowers and Dietrich Weiss can have success. The, the Jets' offensive line has actually been one of the more consistent pieces of their team over the past several years. They had guys like Nick Mangold at center, DeBrickishaw Ferguson over at left tackle. Those guys aren't there anymore. They're, they're playing with a very young 
very inexperienced offensive line. If uh, Again, if, if they can get the run stopped, there's going to be some opportunities for Trey Flowers to get in there, for Dietrich Weiss to get in there, for Adam Butler to get, get in there on the interior of the line. So it, it's, a, it's a game where the Patriots can really grow some confidence on defense, can do some damage, can get some account, harass him, make him run. If, he, if you get McCown out of the pocket, you know, if, 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 you're, if you make him hurry, he's, he, he can't, I mean, he cannot do it the same way a guy like Jameis Winston or Cam Newton or Deshaun Watson could do. So if you can get pressure on this guy, you will beat him. I mean, you'll force some bad throws, you'll force some picks, you'll force some deflections, you'll get some sacks. And it's a game, you know, they got to stop the run first and neutralize that threat. But if they do that, they should be able to pin their ears back and get some sacks. Now, defensively for the Jets, the Jets' defense is still pretty good. They, they've still got some playmakers there. And, you know, be careful around them because they, they're, there are still some players up front that can do a lot of different things for them. The big, you know, they, they, they really thought they were going to take a step back because they lost their best defensive lineman in Sheldon Richardson who the Patriots had a world of trouble with while he was there. But big contract dispute. He ends up leaving the team. I forget where exactly he went, but he's not a Jen anymore. Uh, even without him, they've got three guys up front who can really, really hurt you. Uh, Muhammad Wilkerson, the Temple product, has been a good, really good NFL lineman throughout. He, he had a contract dispute with the Jets too, but he's still there. You know, they say he's, he's still cranky, but, you know, a very solid two-way lineman can get after the passer, can plug holes uh, in the run game. Still a very solid NFL lineman. Steve McClendon is now the nose tackle there. He came over from Pittsburgh, um, just kind of an immovable force. Not much against the pass game, but that's not what he's there for. He's there to stop the run, and he's good at it. He's a big guy. He's going to occupy blockers and, and let the other guys do their work. And Leonard Williams, the, uh, the I think he was like the fifth or sixth pick in the draft out of USC a couple of years ago. A guy a lot like McClendon, and you know his presence was one of the reasons that they felt like they could get rid of Richardson because another guy who's very versatile, can rush the passer, doesn't leave the field, uh, a big body, very athletic, and has been productive for the Jets in his couple of years. So they still present a lot of problems up front, and uh, will... You know, will, will cause big issues for the Patriots' offensive line if they are not checked. They still have linebackers, too. Demario Davis is the leader of the linebacker core. It used to be David Harris, who is currently doing something for the Patriots. I don't exactly know what. Basically standing on their sideline every game and not playing. Uh, but, you know, David Harris was the leader of this linebacker core for an awfully long time. The torch was passed to Demario Davis after he left. Davis, a really good linebacker, very stout against the run, an excellent tackler. Uh, another guy who can cover running backs. I mean, he's he's not going to be as fast as some of the running backs, obviously, but he's athletic enough to go get him. Uh, he's he's the unquestioned leader of that core now. Not you know now that now that Harris is, like I said, doing something for the Patriots. The rest of the linebacking core is young but dangerous. They've got a couple of guys in Darren Lee on the inside, uh, a bigger guy, linebacker from Ohio State, been in the league a couple of years now. More of a run run defender than a pass defender, but again, a nice compliment to Davis in there. 
Jordan Jenkins is an outside linebacker, a high pick for them out of Georgia, who is a lot like Davis, pretty athletic, can go after the passer, can uh, can get out in coverage. They'll rotate guys in and out a lot. You're not going to see a lot of this, the same linebackers on the field on every snap for the Jets. Uh, they're, they have a lot of depth in that uh, that linebacking core. They will blitz. Todd Bowles will, will blitz Brady occasionally, not as much as Rex Ryan used to, but they will come after him, especially against a, a Patriots offensive line that has struggled a lot this season. So I would expect some blitzing out of them. The defensive backfield for the Jets is probably their biggest strength. Um, even after losing uh, Darrell Rivas from last year, although you know, losing Darrell Rivas might have been addition by subtraction just because he wasn't playing very well. And uh, Buster Screen is the number one cornerback right now. When Davis, I'm sorry, not Davis, but when, when Rivas and Antonio Cromartie were there a couple years ago, Screen was signed to be the nickelback and played it extremely well. He's now the number one cornerback from them for them with, with Rivas and Cromartie gone. Not the same kind of cover talent, but a not a bad one and a fairly good tackler at cornerback. They've got two safeties in the secondary who are young, but they're really excited about them. In uh, Jamal Adams, uh, their, their number one draft pick this year out of LSU. Bigger safety, kind of in the Landon Collins mode. And uh, really excited about his potential. Marcus May plays next to him at free safety. And uh, again, they, they think these two guys, you know, May's, May's more of a rover. Probably going to take, you know, he'll probably be the guy to match up against Gronk a lot of the time, but uh, more of a rover, not the same, you know, it'd be, it would be wrong to expect that he's going to be able to cover Gronk one-on-one, but uh, again, he, they're, they're really excited about these two guys, at least for the future, not this year, but they think they're going to be a pretty good safety tandem for several years now, or, you know, several years running. So what's the formula for success for the Patriots against this defense, and <clears throat> this is one of those, if you, if you look at just the statistics for the season, this is one of those where I think statistics are very misleading. The The Jets come into the game uh, a very good, statistically, a very good pass defense. They only have allowed just a shade over 210 yards, excuse me, passing per game this season. Conversely, they've been one of the league's worst teams against the run. They've allowed about 140 yards per game on the ground. That's worse than the Patriots and one of the worst marks in the NFL. So conventional wisdom would say, we'll give the ball to Mike Gillisley, to James White, to Deion Lewis, and let them run all over this defense. And I think you will, you know, the, the Patriots will run the ball. They will run the ball quite a bit on Sunday. But I actually think the opposite of the conventional wisdom is true. I, I think this is a game where you, you, you put the ball in Tom Brady's hands and let him run wild. And here's why. Uh, you know, first of all, like I said, I think the statistics are very misleading on this. Here are the quarterbacks that the Jets have played so far. Tyrod Taylor, Derek Carr, Jake Hutler, Blake Bortles, and uh, Deshaun Kaiser from Cleveland. Those are the quarterbacks they've played so far. Only one of them, Derek Carr, is any good. And in that game, Derek Carr absolutely shredded the Jets' defense. So this is a this is a perfect example of, of sometimes statistics don't tell you the whole story. Sometimes they tell you a lot. Sometimes they, they're misleading, and I think this is one of those times. 
in the past, the, the Patriots have have had some success against the Jets being very balanced. They've they've run well against them at times, and then they've they've, they've passed it well. They've they've been a fairly balanced team against the Jets. But if you look at the Jets' secondary and the Jets the Jets' defense, I told you the Jets' secondary was supposed to be one of its strengths, and and it is. I mean, it's still a it's it's still not a bad unit. It's young. You know, it's it, it it's not, but it's still not a a tremendously talented unit. Not like the ones that the, that the Patriots are going to face later this season. Not like the Chiefs' secondary for Week One, for instance. It's 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 not in, in the upper echelon of leagues of the leagues. And it is very clearly not as strong as the one that the as as the secondaries that the Jets have put out in recent years. When they had Rivas playing at a high level, when they had Cromartie playing at a high level, when they had Calvin Pryor in there, they don't have Calvin Pryor anymore. Uh, it it is not the same level of defense, at least in the secondary, that the Patriots have have seen. And you know, regardless of the fact that they, that they haven't allowed a ton of yards through the air on a per-game basis. Again, they have not faced a murderer's row of quarterbacks. Anything but that. And it's to their credit that, I mean, look, the Jets having the Jets come into the game having won three in a row. That's to their credit. And, you know, you don't want to take anything away from that. But I don't think this is a Jets secondary that can stand up to Tom Brady. I don't see anybody on that defense that can, that, that, that can cover Gronk. I don't see anybody on that defense that can cover Brandon Cooks. I mean, I, I think you're going to see mismatches galore in the passing game for the Patriots. I, I think the Patriots will do a good job to exploit that. And I think you let Tom Brady just go and win this one for you. I, I Now, I, I don't say that. I, I, I say that I don't want to abandon the run game. I don't want to, you know, forget about Mike Gilsley and, and you know, getting touchdowns that way and getting good yards. And on, on third and short, I don't want to pass the ball exclusively. You know, I want them to get better in that area, but I, I do think this is a Tom Brady type of game. He's been playing magnificently. Hopefully, I mean, you know, like I said, he, he missed practice with an injured. It sounds like he's got a sprain in his his left shoulder, not his throwing shoulder, thank goodness. But I, I think if, if as long as he is healthy, as long as 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 he's got his weapons, and it sounds like Gronk is going to play on Sunday, it sounds like Amendola, Cooks, they're all playing. If if he's got them. Then let's go get you know let's 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 go let Tom Brady win a game for you. You know they have struggled in this stadium. They've lost a couple, but Brady's record there is still pretty good. He still usually wins there, no matter the struggle. Go let Brady win this one for you. That's what I would say. Because again, I, I while the Jets' defense is good, the offensive line needs to do a good job keeping the rushers out of the backfield. As long as they do that, I think Brady goes and wins this game. And I think you go and let Tom Brady throw you to the win in this game. Uh, I, I don't think a young Jets secondary is going to stand up to Brady's attack. And I don't think that the Jets offense, the, the, you know, the, the, the Josh McCown-led offense, is is strong enough to, to, to go toe-to-toe with Brady, even against the bad Patriots defense. I just don't think they have that. So go let Brady win the game for you. And uh, stop the run on defense. And I think you're going to have success. So prediction time, like I said, I, I, the Patriots are anywhere from an eight to nine point favorite, depending on where you look. That's on the road. I, I hate that line because it's telling you. I mean, a line like that is telling you that the that that Vegas thinks the Patriots are going to blow the Jets out. And look, I, I I hope that's the case. I mean, they're begging you to take the Jets in the points. 
I really, I, I hope the Patriots come in here and win this game by 10 or more. I just don't think it's going to happen. This game is never, never, ever a, a blowout for the Patriots. It's always pretty tightly contested. I'm not expecting Sunday to be any different. I think the Jets defensively will make some plays. They're going to get some sacks. They may force a turnover. Um, I think the Jets will score some points. I don't think they're going to score enough points to beat the Patriots. But I don't think this is a runaway. I think this is going to be a classic kind of AFC East knockdown Patriots-Jets matchup. I definitely think the Patri or the Jets will get up to play the Patriots on Sunday, especially now that they're 3-2. and two. They, they, they feel a sense of confidence having won three in a row, and I think they're going to come out with some energy on Sunday. So having said all that, I, I still don't think the Jets have enough to beat the Patriots. Uh, I, I think Brady will have one more, play, one more play, you know, one more drive in him than, than the Jets will. Uh, if it comes down to a final possession, I have enough confidence in the Patriots to be able to stop the Jets' offense. I don't know how I have that confidence, but uh, I think the Patriots are going to take a big enough lead in this game, and they'll be able to hang on to it. I will take the Patriots to win, let's say, 27-21 to 21 is going to be my final score. 27-21 Patriots. Like I said, I'm not taking them to cover the 9. I hope I'm wrong because uh, it would be a lot easier to watch this game, and it's going to be on here in Philadelphia, so I'll fi finally be able to watch this on Sunday at 1 o'clock. But uh, it'll be a lot easier to watch it if they do get there. I just don't think they will. I'll take them 27-21. to 21. I'll say they're going to 4-2, and two, which at the end of the day you'll take, especially after you started as bad as you did. Uh, but that's my prediction. 27-21 Patriots. We will see what happens on Sunday. So that is our Patriots Preview Friday show. My thanks to all of the listeners this week. Next week, Monday, obviously we will dissect this game. We will get into the ins and outs of what happened and look ahead to next week. Tuesday, remember, is a full-on Celtics preview day. We will preview the entire Celtics season. They begin regular season play that night against the Cleveland Cavaliers. We will preview the entire Celtics uh, season, their roster, what we think is going to happen so on and so forth the remainder of the week we're on we're on manager watch in 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 Fenway uh, apparently the Red Sox are already bringing in guys for for interviews so we're gonna have, we're, we're on manager watch there we will keep discussing the Bruins as they get the regular season going I promise we're gonna get into more Bruins talk I intended to do it yesterday but uh, obviously with with Farrell getting fired we couldn't do that so a lot coming, lot coming at you next week on the podcast. Thanks for all the listeners so far. Remember, you can listen to us in Anchor if you got that, that app live as we do the show. We also, you can listen to us anywhere you get your podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, what have you. We get the uh, podcasts up pretty quickly in the morning, so listen to us there. Wherever you listen, however you're doing it, thanks for tuning in. Have a great weekend. Make it a good one wherever you are. And uh, we will see you on Monday. It's the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye.